This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akitanor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveller, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, my peers, and welcome to this week's episode of the Peers Project Podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode, my peers, because our guest, you know, this globe-trotting entrepreneur, believes in the same ideas that I have about the future of work. You know, this idea of working remotely in order to really experience life. For me, having the ability to work from anywhere in the world has always been something I believe very strongly in. Growing up, having the opportunity to travel the world, to learn foreign languages, I speak both French and Chinese Mandarin, and to live and study overseas on countless occasions really propelled my growth, my peers, and allowed me to experience life on a different level. You know, in fact, a huge part of the reason why I've taken the entrepreneurial path, my peers, is because of my strong desire to work remotely and work with clients from different parts of the globe. As I mentioned, today's guest shares this same belief of mine and has built her business around this idea of flexibility and remote living. So who is this brilliant entrepreneur? Well, her name is... Meeson Brown. Meeson is the founder of Be Here, a platform that helps women create flexible lifestyles and careers, affording them the unforgettable experience of living in a new city for a month. In our conversation today, my peers, Meeson shares her experiences from working in a more rigid corporate environment to how she pursued opportunities around the globe. More importantly, she talks about how she developed the courage to make incredible, life-changing decisions, such as the choice to leave her corporate career and constantly seek out opportunities that push her out of her comfort zone. Her willingness to always say yes and to not let the fear of failure stop her is something I admire most about Mason. So without further ado, my peers, here is my conversation with the brilliant Mason Brown. Mason, welcome to the Peers Project. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me on. It's exciting. And I feel like we've been chatting for so long. So it's great to finally get to do this. 
I know. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, I think it was about this time last year that we connected over LinkedIn. And, you know, I was living mm. in London at the time. You're in Barcelona. And since then, you know, we've been trying to make this work. You know, you're in Sydney early this year. I couldn't make it. Um, and here we are, you know, you're in Thailand. I'm in Melbourne and having this conversation. So I'm, I'm really excited. We finally made it here. <laughs> same, same. It's exciting. <laughs> Love it. So before we dive into you and your work, I want to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, where did you grow up and how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Yeah. So I grew up in Canada, just outside of Toronto, and I had a wonderful upbringing. I have two siblings. So I've actually been asked before what my birth order is because apparently that has some effect on your career trajectory, which was interesting. Um, but I'm the middle child, <laughs> the only child that uh, lives overseas. And my sister often tells me she's older and she often tells me that I'm more like the older sister. But my family has been very supportive of my desire to travel, of, you know, wanting to explore new places, of you know, forging this path on my own and, and starting a company. And so I feel very fortunate for that. My father was an entrepreneur and he owned a company throughout my lifetime. Like growing up, he was always working really hard. And so I think that he instilled that sense of perseverance in me and, you know, wanting to create and build something on my own. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I love that. And I, I often, I ask that question because it is, I think it, your roots and your, your environment that you grew up in really does affect, you know, kind of the trajectory you're on. And it's interesting that you say your father's an entrepreneur as is mine. And it's like, it's I, what I find interesting with that. It's you really grew up with that, seeing how it all went, you know, seeing how much work is involved in this journey and, and seeing the result as well, seeing the results. So I find that really interesting. What did, um, what do your siblings do now? Yeah. So, um, my brother actually is also an entrepreneur. He, uh, he runs a cell phone fixing company back in Canada. Um, and my sister recently started a new, I say recently, like six months ago, a new job, um, in, uh, like HR recruiting type of company. So we kind of all have very different, uh, career, <laughs> career paths, but, um, yeah, I mean, my brother is also an entrepreneur, so he likely got that from, you know, the influence of my father. Um, my father and my uncle actually had their company together, so it was a lot of times with family we see that. And my cousin, my uncle's uh, daughter, also has her own company. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the family. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Great. So I want to deep dive into me in the early years. So, you know, I see that, you know, you started off at your, at your university life at over in in Toronto, I think it was, at McMaster University. Um, and you studied business, you studied commerce, you know, no, no surprise here. Um, talk to us a bit about your decision to just study that at university and kind of those early years, like what was going through your mind? Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, I loved my university experience. I'm very grateful. I chose commerce because obviously it's applicable to what I'm doing now, which I know a lot of people, their uni degrees don't always align with their future career paths. But I also think that a lot of it was kind of following the norm and what is everyone doing? Everyone's going to uni, you know, so very grateful that I did get a university education. I learned a lot, met some really great people and it, you do 
grow up a lot in uni too. There's some independence. Um, I studied abroad as well in Australia, probably going to butcher the name, but University of Wollongong. (laughs) (laughs) You got it right. (laughs) Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, taking international marketing there. So definitely learned a lot in that as well. And that was kind of my first or second stint of really pushing myself out of my comfort zone and, you know, flying halfway across the world to uh, pursue something that I really wanted to do. So I really want to go into your time in Oz, um, studying at that university. You know, I think studying, in, I mean, I think traveling in general, you learn a lot about yourself, but I think living in a place even more so. So talk to us a bit about ex- that experience there. What was like one of the top things that you learned about yourself during that time? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I love that you said that as well, because obviously that goes into what I do now. But um, <laughs> when you when you sort of put yourself out of that comfort zone and you live in a new place versus just traveling to it, you experience you know a whole different range of emotions, people, cultures, and um, Australia is not so different from Canada. You know, there is a similar culture and similar way of life, but there still is, you know, different slangs, as I'm sure you know, there's heaps of Aussie words that I picked up at the time. Um, but I, I, yeah, there's definitely a lot of independence and you have to almost on a daily basis, put yourself out of your comfort zone, you know, taking classes. Uh, I was in a variety of years and levels of classes at the time. So I took a first year Australian Aboriginal studies course, and then also like a fourth year marketing course. So each class, I didn't have an overlap of other students that I already knew. And so you have to put yourself out there and do group projects with people that have different cultures and ways of thinking. And I think it really opened my horizons and, and I saw some really interesting things and, and had some wonderful, wonderful experiences while there. met some great people that I'm still friends with. So uh, I think, yeah, it was such a good learning experience, uh, very independent experience, got to do some traveling before and after as well, which was mm-hmm. awesome too. That's very cool. Where, where were your travels to before and after? Uh, before I went to New Zealand, love New Zealand, uh, did the North and South Island, one of my favorite, like in terms of nature, um, and then traveled through Australia a bit, went up to the Whitsundays um, and to Cairns. And then after I actually traveled through Southeast Asia for about a month and a half. Mm. I was going to ask if you went to Asia because it's often the place that everyone's like, well, I'm all the way in Australia. I might as well. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I don't know about you, but I think that that's quite eye opening. being there. And I mean, that's where you're, the, you're there right now, but you know, being in a place where it's a bit more underdeveloped and it's just a completely different way of life, I guess you could say, what was your experience like in Asia? Yeah. So It was a whirlwind for sure. I mean, being there, this is now seven years ago that I first came. Asia is very different now than it was then. Um, I initially had come to Chiang Mai as well then, and that's where I am right now. And it's just leaps and bounds different. You know, there's a Western mall and there's all these things that didn't exist at the time. And so coming from Australia, I arrived first to Singapore, which was a nice transition because Singapore is very Western, but um, then went to Bali. And that was sort of eye-opening in the sense of it's just a totally different culture and way of life. And I loved that, but it definitely could be overwhelming for people. Um, At the time I was with two friends, so that was helpful in having, you know, someone to be with because being a, a, a young woman sort of experiencing Southeast Asia for the first time, it's like four people on a scooter. 
and all these yeah. like funky smells and you know you just see certain things i mean i still see it today you see like pickup trucks with these massive poles on them and i'm like this would never fly in western <laughs> countries like i literally almost ran into this truck that is like you know all the way out past the end of the truck so it's just a very different way of life i love southeast asia and i was so glad to have experienced it then because i think that as well really opened my eyes to like I said, new cultures, people, everything. And the people were so friendly. And I think that's one of the main things as a young woman, you know, telling my family and friends, oh, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to go to Southeast Asia. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not safe. You know, all these different things. And then when you actually get there and experience it, you realize, you know, these people are wonderful. And for the most part, everyone is super lovely and welcoming. And I think that's really important to know is that all these things might see and hear in the media that's not actually the case right it's very true it's very true and I love that you have you've had that experience as well you you can honestly say that to anyone you can be like well this is my experience of Asia and it's it's actually not as bad as you all think you know or um the people are lovely so no that's so great so then what I find interesting about your story is that obviously as people normally do as you know many of our peers out there probably probably do is after university we go out and get a serious real job right and for you you know um that was at a bank back in uh, Canada so talk to me a bit about you know you've seen the world now you've lived in Australia you've seen Southeast Asia talk to me a little bit about those first couple of months in that corporate job in that corporate environment compared to what you'd just seen and what you'd experienced Yeah. So I think coming back initially was sort of eye-opening in the sense that nothing really changed at home. And I think that's, uh, you know, both a good and a bad thing, but just people sort of doing the same things and you yourself feel that you've changed, but other people might not have. And, you know, life goes on and all of a sudden you're working, you're getting up every day at six or seven and you're getting home every night at six or seven, you know, and it just becomes this routine. And I think... I, at the time I was following the path that, oh, okay, into corporate finance and this is what I should be doing and this is what I went to school for. I actually took, um, after uni as well, I took a securities course. So really diving into the financial world and I was sort of going along this path that I knew my family was proud of and I myself was proud of, but I also felt wasn't right for me. And so that was kind of how I felt getting into the, into the corporate world and experiencing that. And it's a wonderful experience, but I knew that it wasn't for me. And so, um, and I booked my one way ticket back to Australia. <laughs> so I find this fascinating because this <laughs> part here, this, how did you figure this out? How did it, you know, how do you go from corporate through to like booking a flight to us? You know, I find that that's the most interesting part of it all. And I think that so many of us fall into this trap. You know, we fall into this trap of we want to, you know, do what's expected of us and, you know, you know, do right by our parents and, you know, and do right by ourselves what we think we should do. We often do that. And I mean, like, you know, like yourself and, and like some of us out here, it's like sometimes you know it's not right, but you're just you're a bit confused as to what to do next. So talk to us a little bit about that confusion and that decision to book a flight to Australia. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely agree with what you said. I think a lot of people are unhappy with something, but don't know what's next. And I mean, 
for me, there was no better time than then to do it. I had, you know, nothing really tying me there. My lease was going to be ending. All of the things sort of aligned. I didn't have huge responsibilities, pets, those kinds of things. So I thought this is a good time, as good a time as any, you know, to make that leap. And I very much am kind of person that I will figure it out. And so in booking that flight, it was like, okay, I'm going to book this one-way flight. I'm going to get there and I'm going to figure it out. And I had a one-year visa. So whether I stayed for two months or a year, whatever it might've been, um, I remember telling my parents after I had booked the flight, um, by the way, I'm, you know, going to Australia (laughs) in a month or whatever it was, a couple months. Um, and they were, they were like, oh, you can, you know, come back home and, and sort of get sorted out and, and figure out what you want to be doing. And I said, you know, this is something I want to do for myself. And this is something I want to pursue. And, you know, whether I get there and fall flat on my face and have to come back, at least I know I will still have my family supporting me. And thankfully, I uh, was able to get there and figure it out. And I think a lot of people that that leap, that, you know, that clicking book, that is so intimidating. But if you can just get past that and realize, you know what, I'm going to do this and it's going to be an amazing venture, if nothing else. And who knows what could come of it. Mm, Love that. Such a great mentality to have. So talk to us about when you landed, you know, now you're in Australia, you've quit your job and, you know, you're all the way on the other side of the world, back in Australia, you're in Sydney this time. And, you know, talk to us a bit about that, those early challenges. Yeah. So it was very thankful to have, um, a great friend living there. I was able to stay with her initially and then, sort of figure out what I was going to be doing, started applying for jobs and, you know, just kind of seeing where my path would take me. Um, and so my girlfriend and I booked a a trip away for the weekend up to Byron Bay and we went up to Byron Bay and then I was in Byron and, and met some really cool people. And they said, Hey, we're doing a road trip, um, up the coast for a couple of weeks. Would you like to come? And I had a flight back you know, the next morning at 11. And I remember sending them a message and saying, you know what, I'm in. And so I (laughs) went on this grand adventure with people that are still very good friends of mine. Um, and one of them I later moved in with in Sydney, we were back and had jobs and all that. And so it was a, a couple weeks up the coast. And I think that you know, had I not have been as open and willing to, to say yes, who knows, you know, where my path would have taken me then and might have gone back and, and not found something as quickly as I did when I came back really refreshed and invigorated from that adventure. So I think, you know, always being willing and open to say yes to things that will serve you and knowing, you know, knowing when to say no when it won't serve you. I think that's a really good point you touched on at the end there. And I, I think something that I it just really intrigues me about you is your courage to just go out there and go, you know what, this is just what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to just not going to go back to Sydney. I'm actually going to go on this road trip or, or I'm going to book a flight to Australia or whatever it is. You know, Where do you think that comes from? And do you think it's something that can be developed? Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like, you know, throughout the course of my life, I think making that decision initially way back, uh, to go to uni and then making the decision to study abroad and the series of decisions I made throughout my life. Um, previously when I was in high school, I did all sorts of jobs from, you know, being a beer saleswoman to a newspaper to working in a variety of things. And I think 
always being willing and open to try new things pushed me out of my comfort zone. Things are not always easy. And it's very easy to look at other people's lives and say, oh, wow, that looks fabulous. Right. But I just would be accepting and say, I'm going to try this and see how it works out. And I think over the course of those decisions and that willingness to learn and to grow and constantly, you know, be adapting, it helped me in the ability to say, okay, I'm going to book this flight. And then, you know, I'm going to go on this adventure and I'm going to do these things because as I just feel like you have one life, right? And, and what are you going to make of it? And how are you going to make it the best, most spectacular, fun, hardworking adventure possible, right? Because I want to do things I love. And I, you know, of course you can't travel forever without working, but if you can find new inspiration, meet new people that send you on a path or, you know, align you with other people and it's constantly connecting and building and growing and learning, then I think that is, you know, you're moving forward constantly then. And so I think in all those decisions and doing all that, that's probably where the courage came from. Um, some people might've called me crazy (laughs) for doing that, but, um, I mean, it's gotten me to where I am today. So I'm super thankful for all those little and large leaps and risks that I took. I love that. And it's so evident in the work that you do today, you know, your passion for the travel, for just changing up your environment and taking the leap is so evident in your work you do today. So I love that you said that. Very interesting. So, you know, you dived into a role, um, I think it was at the Australian Institute of Company Directors, if I'm correct, in Sydney. And, you know, you were there for about eight months or so. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that experience and then why you decided to dive into freelancing. Yeah. So that was a wonderful experience. Um, I worked with a great team, mostly women as well, which is really awesome. And they teach director development there. So I definitely learned a lot in that sense. And I think it is a really good experience to work in another land or another country, you know, for a company in that country, you learn a lot about the different ways that companies work and the different sort of organizational structures. So I think that was a really great learning and growing experience for me. Um, but it still was corporate. So there is still, you know, red tape and I was coming up on sort of the end of my year visa and deciding what, you know, what happens next? Do you try to stay and get sponsored or whatever that looks like for you? And for me, I knew there was going to be more, there was going to be more learning, more growing. And, and so that ultimately prompted that decision. I love that. I think, you know, there's such a purpose behind the decisions you've made. I think that it's something that, you know, sometimes many of us just think, well, you know, I might as well go get sponsored because how am I going to stay in Australia? And then, you know, why wouldn't I? I mean, I've got this great job at the moment who's paying me, you know, but I think the purpose behind your decisions is really what makes your story so interesting and something that I think we can all learn from. Um, so I love that there. So talk to us a bit about that idea to take the leap once again into freelancing. You know, what was that like and how did that lead to, you know, be here? <laughs> yeah, so ultimately decided that I should, you know, yet again book a one-way ticket because my life is a series of one-way tickets. And so uh, I booked a one-way ticket. <laughs> um, I booked a one-way ticket back to Asia, uh, this time to Malaysia, mm-hmm. a country I hadn't been to before. And so I began sort of connecting with different people and, and learning about different ways to, you know, make 
working online possible or, or a more flexible lifestyle possible and what that could look like and sort of learning about this whole other world other than corporate or companies that were in a fixed position. And I think that there were a lot of people doing it at the time, but if you aren't really involved in that world or noticing it, you might have no idea, you know, all of these people are doing this or there are companies that have great distributed workforces and all kinds of things like that. So really dove into that. Um, at the time I also was using my marketing experience to do some freelancing, um, just connecting with people along the way and kind of learning from that and learning from the people that I met. And then I was fortunate enough to meet my co-founder in Thailand as well. Um, he had previously had a company and had just, it had just been acquired. So he was doing some traveling on his own and it was actually his first time in Asia. And so we connected unbeknownst to us that we would, you know, later start a company, but I was sort of talking about all of the pain points that I was experiencing. So getting set up in each new location that I went to, finding reliable Wi-Fi to work from, you know, especially when you're in Asia, it's not always the most reliable. Um, and then being able to maintain a routine because it wasn't just about traveling and it was about being able to feel like I had a life there and a life while doing this. And so whether that meant working out or finding a place to work out or a place to do yoga and then having my local coffee shop and, you know, finding new friends in each place, it becomes a lot of work and to find a place to stay that was comfortable and you felt at home and was very challenging. And so I was sort of talking about all of these issues that had come up and how at the same time, I also had a lot of people reaching out and saying, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is super interesting. And then also, how are you doing this? And a, lo a lot of women. And funnily enough, he also had a lot of women reaching out to him. And so it was sort of in discussing all of these problems, like, oh, yeah, I see this as being an issue. And I also see this shift happening where not just millennials, but a large amount of millennials are wanting more from their work than just work, you know, wanting life experiences versus material things and having that value shift from material based to experiential based. And I think that is a testament to this generation, but also other generations are now adapting to that too, where people aren't buying houses and cars as quickly or as, as much because they want to experience more things and people are traveling now more than ever. Right. And so how does our world and our workforce and the way we live keep up with that? So <laughs> that in a nutshell was kind of what, what sparked the initial ideation of be here. So many questions come out of that. I, I love, <laughs> of course, I love the last thing you said, you know, how can our work, how can our workforce keep up with this changing world now, our desires to travel, especially as millennials, um, something that I believe strongly in also. But I just want to backtrack a little bit into how, into the marketing freelance and work you were doing at the time. So how were you able to maintain an income, you know, whilst you were traveling? Was it that you had one or two clients aboard? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I had saved up a lot while I was in Australia and I was sort of dabbling and, and seeing if this was something I really wanted to pursue, if it was something that I was just going to be trying out. And so, um, just through like connections and friends that wanted small things like social media marketing and learning, learning how to work with that and what that looked like. And, um, then seeing, you know, 
I don't think at the time I was thinking this will be forever, but I think, um, as I've mentioned, I always wanted to be learning and growing. And so how could I continue to do that while obviously in Asia or, you know, around the world? So that was uh, my mentality then. Love that. Okay. So this is really interesting. So when you found your co-founder who, you know, you didn't realize at the time was going to be your co-founder, when it switched from just, we're talking about these struggles, these problems we're experiencing, being abroad, trying to live in these new places to, I think we should do something about this and actually maybe, you know, create an opportunity out of this. When did that shift happen? Yeah. So, um, we both, you know, continue traveling through Southeast Asia separately and connected in certain places and then went our separate ways. And we kept in touch and sort of discussed this idea, um, him being a serial entrepreneur, he's constantly, you know, thinking of what he can build and how to create things that add value and bring value to the world. And so, after continuously like keeping in touch, we then linked up in Barcelona and we're sort of like, this is something we really want to pursue. Let's do this. And Barcelona is a fantastic tech scene, a, a really wonderful startup culture. And so I think it was, you know, let's, let's see what we can make of this. Let's start building the initial bones and, um, yeah, let's, let's really give this a go. Wow. So what, so from Asia to Barcelona, what did that look like for you? So you clearly didn't want to go home. There was no, you know, Canada inside, <laughs> but you know, how did you get yourself to Barcelona and why did you choose that city? So I love Barcelona. Um, I'd been there a few times before and I am not the best Canadian in that I hate winter. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I knew I did not want to go home for winter and I felt at the time a, a lot of people were also asking, you know, how's your trip or your vacation? And I really, you know, I wanted that to be my life, not just a trip or a vacation. It had been, you know, well over a year that I had been away. And so it was like, okay, this isn't a vacation. You know, this is my life. And so um, I actually briefly went back to Canada to visit family. It was Thanksgiving. And then I said, well, <laughs> now I'm going to Spain. <laughs> and uh, thank goodness, <laughs> love my parents, my family, very supportive. Um, they were just like, I feel like at that point, they realized that, you know, there was no point in trying to advise me otherwise. <laughs> I was just going to do what I wanted to do. And so they were very supportive. Of, you know, Spain is a little closer to Toronto than, than Australia. So <laughs> thought, okay, I'll try this out. And again, another one of those, I'll try this out and see. And I really don't have a long-term plan here. But, you know, starting be here was, okay, we're going at this full time. But in moving to Barcelona, it was, we'll see how this goes and we'll see how this works. And I will continue to connect and meet people everywhere I went. And so that's really cool as well because now I have, you know, connections and this like massive global community of friends, people that I know. And it, it's incredible because I have been able to connect with people all over the world and people from Spain here and people from here, you know, in Canada or New York or wherever it might be all over. So I think that in doing this and in building this sort of global community, I just continuously wanted more and wanted to be able to keep doing what I wanted to do and do what I love and add value and build something that I felt I really loved and that it mattered and would make a difference. Mm, love that. And I think you're, I mean, when I stumbled, when I saw your business, when I looked into the, the first time about a year ago now, I literally thought, 
I think this girl is me. Like I think, you know, everything that's in her business is exactly how I see things. And so I want us, I want you to go a bit deeper into be here. So, you know, what did that initial setup look like? You know, what has been the progression since starting it last year? Yeah. So it has been just over a year officially since we launched. Um, and the initial, like very, very initial product we actually drew out in chalk. And so <laughs> there was chalk and a driveway and what is this product going to look like? And um, very thankful that my co-founder has a tech background because he was really able to help create that product. And so when we first, when I look back at our you know, minimal viable product uh, over a year ago now and to what it has come to now, it's very, very different. But in a nutshell, what Be Here does is help women live in cities around the world. So it's a platform where you're able to actually choose your curated personal apartment as well as a workspace and a fitness studio. And then in each location, we have a local host. So being able to create the lifestyle that you have at home, but in a new city, be it your own, you know, apartment that you can go home to and cook at or, or take a shower and just relax. And then a workspace with Wi-Fi that works and, and a community there as well. In addition to your gym and you're able to pick that. So if you prefer yoga or a gym or Pilates, whatever that might be, you're able to choose that. And then having that local host as that friendly face when we get there, because it can be very daunting moving to a new, I mean, you've done it yourself. It's very daunting moving to a new city. Uh, I've, I've done it numerous times and I know that it, it can be challenging and all of these things become overwhelming. And so that's where Be Here comes in and makes it easy and seamless. And then there are events and networking and things on the ground. And each member of Be Here is able to be as you know connected or as uh, removed from it as they want to be. So they can be super involved or not. And I think that's where I really see the future of work and living going is that you have this autonomy and this flexibility to say next month, I want to live in Barcelona and then next month, Lisbon. And then, you know what, in the new year, I'm going to go to Bali and Thailand and wherever it might be, but I'm not going to be on vacation and I'm not going to be giving up my lifestyle. I'm going to remain productive, still be working, but really enjoying life. And it's amazing the inspiration that can come from those new environments, right? When you're taken out of your comfort zone and in these new places, you're able to just, you know, take in everything and say, wow, this is incredible, but you have that foundation to feel settled. So in a nutshell, that is be here. But further to your point, it has changed so much. Um, our technology has really grown and it's very exciting. We did a tech update just about a week ago and it's it's very visual and we've learned so much from you know our community and just the amount of data we've collected over the last year to see what people want. And um, when I first started, I wasn't that familiar with you know the tech side of things. And now I find it really intriguing and interesting and I love building and and being able to see what links to here and visually what this should look like the ui ux side of things so it's been incredible to look at what we have now versus what we had then because sometimes when you're building something you don't realize how far you've come and it's really important i think to look back and be like wow this is this is really powerful what we've built and look at what we've gone through to build it i love that i I just genuinely get inspired by the conversation we're having. I think purely because it's this is the way of the future, and you know your company is so aligned with that, and it's enabling these 
you know, awesome women from around the world to do what they actually want to do, which is something that we talk about a lot here at the Peers Project. So I, I just love that. And something else I'm really curious about with you is this idea of your global network and your global community. You, know, you said, you know, I just naturally have just you know, through, I guess, meeting people in different cities and having to do all this navigating myself, I've built this community that's global. And I think that that in itself is so unique. So I guess my question to you here is, you know, how do we use Be Here to actually build our own global community? You know, obviously you've got the host and whatnot, but, you know, how do we really start embracing this idea of actually having a global community, a global friendship group we could say as opposed to just your local friends or whatnot yeah so i mean um we through be here in itself we're able to connect women in the different locations and, and we're in the process of building our technology as well for our community in a platform off of you know social media those kinds of things to connect and i think that what's so incredible about that is that all of the women that use be here they're very like-minded and we're not saying that, you know, you have to be best friends from Sally from Melbourne or, you know, Tina from New York or whatever it might be, but just being able to connect with women that feel the same way. And there's, there's a lot of importance around that, you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, with people who want to be learning and growing and who are living this lifestyle or trying to live this lifestyle and getting inspired by you living this lifestyle. So I think through Be Here, that's a, a huge way that I've seen our, you know, our members connecting and the women inspiring one another, depending on what stage they are in their career or life and just being able to connect over this like-mindedness and this idea of wanting that flexibility and wanting to create a life they love. And um, personally, through building like my network, it's just been a lot of putting yourself out there. And I think that when I first started Be Here, it was daunting to reach out to people, um, especially people that we regard as more successful, because you think, you know, why would they want to talk to me? And, you know, I think women especially suffer with imposter syndrome of always feeling that they're not good enough or that, you know, am I really deserving of this? Or like, will this person even give me the time of the day? Look what they've done. And so I think that pushing past that was really important in furthering um, my sort of network and people both back in North America and around the world is just putting myself out of my comfort zone and, you know, sending emails, getting on phone calls and just, you know, the point and the way to grow is to be uncomfortable. And so that's what I really did to help build that network and to continue to build that network. And it is always so lovely to connect with people in like face to face after you've connected with them online. Um, and I, I still go to different events, not just be here events to connect with other women, because I think it's just super important. I should say women and men as well. I'm definitely not, not against men, but, um, I just go to a lot of female focused events as well. And so the connections that I've made there and through different communities and places have been amazing as well, because, with what we're doing with Be Here, we don't want to have a separate community in each city. We don't want people to feel like they can't be a part of it if, you know, they're not a member of Be Here. We want to be able to connect people around the world and for our members to connect with people, like-minded people in those cities that live in those cities that, you know, have a similar interest to them. Maybe it's rowing or whatever it might be, a writing club. And so to be able to expand your network and, and try new things and connect with new people. I think that's, that's a big part of what you do is continuously putting yourself out of your comfort zone in 
both personally and in work. Love that. Love that. Wow. I feel like that was a lot, but no, I, I love it. I feel like there's so much goodness in this conversation right now. And I'm personally learning a lot. So, you know, I hope our peers out there are also taking this all in and just, you know, and just embracing it all. So I think I just want to, before we start to wrap up a little bit, I think I just want to firstly acknowledge you, Mason, for the phenomenal work you've done and that you're doing. You know, it's it's so inspiring to connect with people like yourself and to see your journey and to hear your story. Um, and I think it, it really does help us like, believe that there's a different way of living or that there's a different way of doing work and doing life. So for that, we really thank you. No, thank you so much. I mean, it's so wonderful to have these conversations as well. And uh, that's fun. Love that you had me on. It's, it's incredible. And I think that having these conversations is so important because the way we work and live, you know, it is shifting and it's important for people to realize there are other people out there doing it or like them or wanting to do it. And, you know, having those conversations and, and taking those initial steps is how we go about making that change. Couldn't agree more. I love that. So our final question for today's interview is how we finish all of our interviews here at the Pierce Project, and that is what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? There is so much value in it. Um, I mean, for starters, it's you get to do what you love with the people that you love, and I think that's one of the most important things about starting a company for myself was to be able to do what I enjoy doing with people who enjoy building things and doing something that matters to you and matters to other people and that you see as adding value because ultimately, you know, we spend a large amount of our time working. What are we working towards? Do we see the benefit? Do we feel the benefits? And, you know, starting a company, you, <laughs> there, there's a quote where you, you sort of, you give up your 40 hours a week for instead, you know, 80 hours a week or whatever it might be. And so if you're going to be working 80 hours a week, you better love what you're doing. Right. And, and I, I still work on this all the time in that I, you know, I've run my own company. I have the freedom to choose what I do with my time. And it is still really important to place value on your own time and make me time. And so I think that in doing what you love, you get to also have that time too. So time for pursuing your passions and time to reflect and take it all in. And that's where you get re-energized and re-inspired and new ideas come from that time. So I think there's huge value in that as well. Love it. Oh, Mason, this has been absolutely awesome. I'm so excited we get to make this happen. Thanks so much for your time. So where can people learn more about you and your work? Yeah. So to learn more about Be Here, it's gobehere.com. Um, and on social media, it's at gobehere. And um, you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn, Mason Brown, or on Instagram at Mason B. And the spelling is a little confusing. So um, maybe you can add that in the notes somewhere. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. Love it. We'll definitely be linking that up in the show notes. So appreciate you, Mason. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's been so fun. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Piers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Piers to Piers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. 
which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. <laughs>